everybody. Welcome back to the Stramix podcast. Hi, Gus. Welcome. Hello, Cammie. What's happening? Nothing. Come on. You're in an online show. Um, I'm in an online show with my brother, with a bunch of other people too, like 80. 80 <laughs> um, you're in an online show. Yeah, mine is at, um, it's called Quarantine Folks. Oh, both of our shows are about quarantine, right? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, so mine is called Quarantine Folks at Calico Gallery. Mine is called The Essential Object at Fisher Parish Gallery. Um, how do you feel about online shows? Uh, I think that they are a good thing to do right now. I normally am not, like, when I used to, like, look for submissions and things like that, if I saw it was an online-only exhibition, I I usually didn't, like, apply to it and things like that. Um, but, yeah, we're in a weird time, and I think it's important for artists to keep making work and keep, like, sharing that work. And, um, yeah. So I think for the time being, it makes sense to do online shows, but it does feel like a little less special, doesn't it? Um, Cause you don't get to have that like big fun of like, like I, I, I love going to openings, even when I'm super awkward and I don't know anybody. They're so painful for me. They're so painful. I get like socially, like social anxiety. I think everybody does, right? Yeah. That's like, why do it? That's why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Like gets, it also, um, it like forces you to be somewhere too, which like, I'm not, I'm not antisocial, but I do tend to like spend a lot of time by myself. And it's, it's like nice when things are normal to be like, like, okay, I want to see this opening. I'm going to like call my friends so that I'm not scared the whole time by myself. <laughs> and then like, I'm going to be there at this time. So that means I have to leave my studio at this time. And like, and then you're out in the world. So it's like you walk into the place and you're like, there's that person that hates me. Yeah. And then you're like, we got to get out of this show. Yeah. Well, so uh, Fisher Parish Gallery is in Bushwick. And right when I moved to New York, I lived in a place for like, like a month or a month and a half that was right by there. And so I think that was the first opening that I ever went to was at Fisher Parish and oh, I've just like cool. loved it forever. Um, and yeah. And I would like their openings are always really fun. Like you and I have gone to a couple, I think with Adams too. Yeah. And it's really, it is really fun. And um, it's like nice to feel like part of a bigger community and see your friends. And I also think it's just really nice to see work in person even if the opening is really full and you like don't get a good like a great chance to just like really look at the work because you're talking to people and things yeah i mean i feel like openings aren't about actually trying to see the show yeah for sure <laughs> it's mostly like how are like catching up or uh -huh. like seeing what everyone's wearing yeah what do artists wear in new york now <laughs> but the opening does give you you're right like you know you like the show opens and it's so exciting. Like you, this is your chance because everybody makes most everybody makes work by themselves in their studios. Yeah. So when the online show goes up, you're like, 
am still alone in my studio. <laughs> yeah, I think that I also I just like if I'm scrolling through Instagram, I spend like five seconds looking at most pieces, you know, and like it's it's rare that I'll like really look at a piece like at least if you're on an opening and I'm talking to somebody like over their shoulder, there's like a nice painting or something that I'm can look at. Uh, I like, uh, I do like, I mean, there's also the fact that like in photographs of hand of handmade objects, like it could be Photoshopped. Like you can like all the things that you've messed up, you can like Photoshop out. Yeah, so it's, it's totally different experience to see a handmade object in person than to see it online. Yeah, what I have seen a lot of lately is, I think because people are, um, you know, just like not interacting very much, it seems like there are way more images. <laughs> There's like, uh, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of bad images of good art, which for a long time I felt like I saw really good images of bad art. And uh, like, you know, where someone like hired a photographer and like did a really good job, like lighting and things like that. And now, and you know, like, like I would see work online. I'd be like, I, I don't know. Like I need to see it in person. And now I'm seeing a lot of work where I'm like, I don't know. I need to see it in person. because <laughs> I think it's a lot better than this. Like iPhone picture where like it was lit with a desk lamp from across the room. <laughs> That's that's a, and that's for sure happening. Yeah, we so look at look at my images and then look at Anders' images because I I shoot Anders' work for him almost always, but his are, his images are always better than mine because he's gets so persnickety about like what the background looks like. Wow. <laughs> and um, with, I'm like that's that's whitish. <laughs> this the. I just send mine to my friend Shane. Can you Photoshop this? So for those of you who want to know how to shoot your work, um, lighting is everything. Everything. Yeah. It's hard. My, I, I have a hard time with it. I, I want to be good. I have a hard time with it too. I think you just have to keep trying and trying and trying until you get it right, right? Yeah. And it helps if you have like a really, really nice lights in a really dark space. <laughs> well, I, so as you know, Cammy, I just, uh, I'm going through it right now with mold making, but I, I get really frustrated when there's like a technical thing that I can't do. And so I went down a big rabbit hole where I got hired to, to teach a workshop and I got paid like, a stupid amount of money for it. So then I took the money and I bought a new camera and I bought a light set and I shot a bunch of images for a thing. <laughs> and, and I, because, cause we were, I was like working on time constraints. I was like trying to get images together and, and I was also just like trying to be helpful. So I like shot all the work cause it would like move things along. And then I like got it to the gallery and then the gallery was like, like, Thank you. Like very nicely. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to hire a photographer. Oh. <laughs> ah. 
really, 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 really sweet about it. And like, like, uh, just like, like, thank you. That so like, great. Like, thank you for so like, all the hard work. Um, like, let me know when we can like get a photographer. To, to wow. Wow. And yeah, I just, I need, like, I need, I need lessons just like I need with my, I need like a, I need a real, like I need a product photographer to walk me through and be like, don't do that. Do this. Don't actually that's, I have one. Yeah. (laughs) I know a guy. I have like really good friends with a product, product photographer. Well, crew's really good friends with them. Can we have him on for like a short segment sometime? Actually. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's intense. He went to RIT. I mean, he's like one of the best product photographers. I went through RIT one time when I was in school because I was in Rochester airport and I was like walking through that school because it's such a crazy like design school. Like it's, it's like RISD, I think, but I don't really know. RIT was the first like big school like that, that I had like really wandered around in. And I walked into like a big, classroom with like 30 students in it and they were just looking at the swiffer wet jet (laughs) and it was so like my mind was blown i was like so sure that i went into the wrong field i was like this is what i should be doing man too late yeah right yeah that's hilarious yeah design um ceramics is great like that because you know it's the design the art art pottery what's the pottery on pottery craft right oh yeah craft design handicraft. art is, handy, is handicraft still a term that we can use <laughs> it sounds mean it sounds it's, like a mean term <laughs> i know it's like such a it's like 1950 yeah, it sounds really dismissive, but I really like it. Handicrafts is really sweet, right? Oh. Uh, yeah, so there's like, so I feel like design classes are really important for ceramicists. But yeah. there's an, I mean, you and I have tried actually to like kind of teach sort of a design class for ceramics. Yeah, yeah, I don't think people get enough of it. Like, especially, um, I mean, I'm sure some schools do a really good job, but I think really often because there's so much just technical stuff that needs to get covered that unless you're like in a really intensive program, the focus ends up shifting towards like much more towards how are you going to get these, you know, two pieces of clay to stick together? How are you going to get it to the right scale? And then less, there's just less time spent on, are you sure that's the right, object to be making i think you know what that's a really i'm glad you brought that up because i think about it a lot i think that people who want to be good at ceramics um they they you know it's sort of like a race amongst yourself like a race between yourself and the material so you want to like make these pieces you have all these ideas and then your like your technical skills have to catch up to yeah. your ideas so yeah. you i think that people think it's just going to happen you know what i mean and some people are good like some people are just like 
a little bit better at it than some other people. I don't think that, you know, like you have to have a natural talent for it. I think you can practice just like, and yeah. get really good. Well, I also, uh, just from like teaching community classes, you see different people, uh, that walk into the space and are just naturally good. And for whatever reason, there was a period where I had a bunch of students that worked with their hands on a daily basis, like in different things. So I had a couple students that worked in like in art restoration. Yeah. Uh, and I, I'm blanking on like what the other, maybe somebody was in some sort of like set fabrication work, but I had a number of students that came through that were used to, oh, and like you'll see it with musicians too. People that are really used to small, like how a small movement in their hand can like change something drastically tend to be really good. You know, once they can like watch you move your hands, cause it's, there's just so many, even, you know, when you're teaching how to center and like, you know, I'm like, okay, your left hand goes here like this, your right hand goes here like this and you push down. And for someone that, just sort of isn't used to having to be that careful with those things or like really pay attention to how the force is being applied. It's like, it's just so wild. Uh, <laughs> I had one student who just wasn't it. She'd never done anything with her hands. So yeah. she's already at like, she's already, you know, at a little bit more of a disadvantage than the people you're describing, right? Like yeah. people who've, you know, done, you know, taken art classes or taken, have like forced their brain to make their hands move. Yeah. But this woman, she like hadn't done anything ever and she couldn't, she just couldn't like get there. Like she couldn't get her brain to like get her hands. So finally I just like stood over her and barked orders at her. And then for some reason it just like clicked. Yeah. It was almost sounding crazy. I was like, yeah. no, stop. I was like, I was like, who am I? I'm like a drill sergeant. And yeah. she got it so fast. And then she went on to like make beautiful pieces like after my class. So no, I know from my, like I know from my own experience in ceramics that if you practice, you can get better, right? Like that's yeah. what it is. But you have yeah. to be like, you have to really want it and you have to have, be patient. Yeah. And just have access. I mean, I think that's like such a big thing that we're seeing more and more is like, uh, in New York too it's just hard and expensive to have access to ceramics and to have like it's also just a lot of work you know like it's the best way to learn with clay is to just like build and tear it down and rebuild or throw and re-wedge and throw and re-wedge and just like like repeat over and over but like takes work like you need to be able to reclaim clay you need to like have space to do it you need like there's just so many barriers in the way if you're not walking into a place that like already has the things set up. Right. And right now everything's closed. Yeah. I know well, the people that are working out of their apartment and people that have been in, you know, in studios for a long time and working with clay for a long time. And I think that it's kind of a nice reminder for some of those people that like, uh, there's just a lot of work that go, you know, when you're in a community studio, usually you can like throw 20 pots and like reclaim 15 of them that aren't right, which is like, I think super, super important. Like I am always encouraging my students to do that because it's such a good way to learn. And like, you're not wasting materials, which is really good instead of like making something permanent that you don't care about. Um, but 
I think it is a nice reminder about like the amount of work that the technicians are doing at studios and things like that behind the scenes, like reclaiming that clay. Huge. Yeah. Every piece of ceramic equipment is like, it's thousands of dollars. It's not like, you know, if you want to like have your own studio, really, it's like you need this and you need this and you need all these things. And that takes a really long time to like get all those things. Yeah. Yeah. And space. I mean, I still, the reason I don't have like a real kiln in my studio is because I just don't have space for it mostly. And because I don't have money for it, but mostly space. Yeah. But yeah, I think you I like your space though. I like yeah. what you've done with your space. And also you don't need a big kiln. You don't want a big kiln. I know. I just think that I want a big kiln, but I don't. You're right. You don't. Trust me. The kiln that I have, I I actually wish I didn't have it. Dude, this is a real quick sidebar. Yeah. Rebecca is getting a gas car kiln. Or a gas front loader, not car kiln. She is. She's gonna put it outside. She bought it like somebody, a friend of a friend was like getting rid of it. And so she got it like super cheap. Wow. Yeah. Her, that's going to change her whole work. Dude, it's going to change her life. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah. Well, so, okay. So speaking of community, we're, we, like, we're all over the place. So speaking yeah. of community <laughs> centers, one of my favorite, um, people is on the podcast today one of my favorite co-workers karen yes karen tepez is yes. on the podcast today and we couldn't be happier to talk to her she is originally from la and she's going to tell us all about her kind of journey as like a ceramicist and also as a sculptor which i love she's one of the nicest people i've ever met yeah she's way nicer than you guys Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, here's Oh, my God. What are you naming? Are you naming it Gustav? (laughs) (laughs) How did you know? Just a guess. (laughs) No, we haven't decided on a name yet, mostly because... Oh my God, our families are just like constantly saying like, it has to be really like Latina or it has to be really like significant. And we're like, I don't know about that. I don't know if that's my role. (laughs) So it's okay. But yeah, we're excited. How are you guys? I'm like, what about Clementine? What did you name her Clementine? I love Clementine. That's my my friend's daughter's name, actually. Oh, shit. And I was like, God damn it. It's always something. That one was when she told me her daughter's, I mean, I've known her for years now, but I was like, that's good. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Like you, like a lot of us, you really do the hustle, like the ceramics hustle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many studios you teach at the 92nd Street Y, Brooklyn Clay, Gasworks? Mm-hmm. And at John Jay Criminal Justice School. Okay. And I know it's really random. <laughs> and then I, I do the solid installations. And, wow. <laughs> and I, I think that's it for this year, actually. Okay. I didn't yeah. know that you did the solid installations. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I knew that you did art handling, but I didn't realize it was. Oh, an art handling. I was working at MoMA, too, for a while. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they, they, uh, when they were doing the whole re reinstall thing, like I got hired for that this year. That was oh. really fun. Nice. Yeah. What are you What are you doing for the solo it? Uh, I'm the lead draftsman, actually. So they. <laughs> when so did you start doing that? I started that. Oh, that was 2013. Oh shoot. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while, most, and it happened because right out of grad school, we, I, I had just graduated, and they build the School of Management building, and the they have one of the largest collections for the Solowit estate, and so they purchased uh, like six drawings, six or seven drawings for that building, and so they were just recruiting graduate students, like whoever wants a job after graduating, like. You just have to apply and show your portfolio and and I got I got the job and then I told uh, and then I found out that they're they're pretty much based in New York and Connecticut so I just became friends with like the guy and the the lead guy but not like it was more just like hey I'm moving to Brooklyn if you ever need another art handler or installer um, let me know you know and I was kind of just like I just let him know and then when I got to Brooklyn I let him know because he was like, well, everybody says they're moving to Brooklyn, but then they don't do it, you know? <laughs> so he was, you know, he was just like, if you're there, um, let me know. And so I did. I shot him another email just saying like, hey, I'm here. I don't have a job, but if you need anybody, I'm here. And slowly I, I learned a skill on that job because it was three months of installing all those drawings. Yeah. And then I just learned the skill because there are so many different ones, the crayon, the marker, the like ink wash, the pencil, like there's just like all these different types that he made. Um, and I got to learn the skill and, and then I just became like an apprentice to like the lead drafts people. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Can I ask you, now that you've done all these solo wit, um, do you like solo wit? I do. I actually really do. I, I learned to appreciate him more, actually. Really? And I think it, the appreciation is maybe because he got me a job for all this time. <laughs> but I think I appreciated that he was able to hire other artists to use the skill they already know, you know? Yeah. And, and that was really neat because I think they kind of keep it to artists, hiring artists only. That's cool. Yeah, I just, a friend of mine teaches at like a small school and I met with his class to and like one of the things that we talked a lot that I just kept bringing up was like just learn how to do like weird odd jobs because like <laughs> as far as being like making money as an artist just like bank up all those weird skills yeah, uh, yeah. Comes in yeah. they're like can you make a pizza and do you know how to use a, a wood saw yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> a chainsaw like yeah I've done wood like chainsaw sculptures and I also love a nice pizza Bianca I think it's also important that when you start like um you know doing those like side hustles like kind of just say yes to everything like even though you don't know like this guy hired me as a private assistant he's like you work with metal like you have metal sculptures I'm like yeah he's just like do you know how to guild and I was like Yes, you know, and I just like <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna have this like big solo show, and I gilded all his pieces with like all this gold and silver, and I was so expensive, and I was like, I know how to do this, you know. Wow. Wait, were you? Did you actually know, or were you like watching YouTube videos like ten minutes later trying to figure out? How to do it? <laughs> 
a little bit of that. And yeah. <laughs> I, I had, I hadn't done it, but I had seen somebody do it. Okay. So I, I feel like I was like, I could do that. You know, I yeah. understand yeah. it. You know? yeah. yeah, that's cool. Uh, but I, yeah. think, I think ceramics really does like get you ready for a oh, lot I, of. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I think ceramics teaches you so much more than any other fields. Like, um, with mixing glazes, the chemistry behind that, firing temperatures, and just like clay bodies in general, and then just learning how to handle a really heavy or fragile piece. You know, that's that's a lot. Yeah, and I I even remember like I just learned so much trying to figure out how to like show my work. If that meant like building a pedestal or like figuring out how to hang it on a wall, like you really have to figure out a lot of weird workarounds with. Yeah. Just yeah, got like yeah. <laughs> And then you learn everything about plaster. You learn everything about like casting slip. You learn everything about like how to build wood, like how to build wood frames so you can make coddle boards for your cat. Like you kind of just like learn everything in ceramics that. Yeah. And color, like what happens to color, like matte colors, glossy colors, like no color, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of ceramic school, you went to like a, kind of like legendary one, I think, uh, CSU Long Beach. How did you like end up there? And did you, did you go in planning to focus on ceramics while you were there? Yeah, I ended up there because I, I started at a community college in Cerritos. And um, I, my professor, uh, Mr. Portugal, <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Steve Portugal, uh, he was great because he was the first teacher that, like invited his students to go to art his art shows you know oh yeah and i thought that was like other world you know like oh this is adult life (laughs) and i thought that was really neat and so i i started doing like playing around with ceramics there and when it came time to getting finishing my bachelor's he was like you seem like you really love ceramics or you're you seem like a knack for it and so you should transfer to cal state long beach because um, some people were going straight from Cerritos to like an art school, you know, like big art schools like Alfred or Kansas City and stuff like that. And, um, and was, I was, it a, was it a two year school or was it a four year school? That was a two year school. That uh, was, yeah. So okay. it was just like a jumping off thing. Um, and he recommended Castle Long Beach financially. And he just thought like they had really great professors there. And he yeah. was totally right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's like th- there was a period like maybe when I was like maybe when I was in grad school where like all like all of my favorite artists had at some point been at Cal State Long Beach which wow, really yeah well like Julia Halfcandle is like one of my favorites and I had like a big Matt Waddell oh yeah he was there too <laughs> yeah. um and I actually I didn't know that you went there until I was like looking stuff up before the podcast mm-hmm. um, and because like I always forget that Rebecca Manson was there for a little while too. But yeah. you you didn't overlap there at all, did you? We didn't overlap. She came right as I, I was leaving, so I didn't technically meet her. But then I came back because I just I, we were so close knit with people there, like um, that. I came back and I did a summer job for a, an old professor. She was like, "Hey, can I hire you?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." Um, and I always hung out in, in summertime in LA because my family. So I went back and Rebecca was there 
And I had heard about Rebecca because a friend who was still there would always say like, oh, there's this new girl, like this artist, she's doing all these crazy like sculptures. And then I, I started seeing her work. And so when I got there, we were both like, we've heard of each other, you know? And so I thought that was really neat. And we did that job together. She hired Rebecca and myself to do this like project. And so one summer we just worked and it was great. And so we always kept in touch after. Was Kristen Morgan there when you were there? Yeah, she was like one of my lead professors. Um, she was amazing. Yeah, she was really great. She actually retired or like quit or retired when one of my last years there. And that was kind of like, we were all staring at her like, you're letting go of this job because you want to pursue being an artist? Like, that's amazing, you know? Wow. <laughs> she came as a visiting artist when I was an undergrad and like blew <laughs> the whole school away. Like nobody could believe what she was doing with, with clay and like cement and yeah 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 she's a legend and and she was really like influential in the way that she was just like go for it you know like uh and that was really nice because i felt like other professors were really like stick to the books you know and she was a nice balance of like go with your gut you know (laughs) and so that was nice yeah did you before before all of that did you like grow up wanting to be an artist or did you have like were you like one of those kids that was like sitting there drawing or what, like, what about that? No, I, I really didn't think at, about art at all. Like, I think my mom was really good at drawing, but she would do all my art projects. <laughs> she was like, I, they, I, had, yeah. I, I still remember I had to do a self portrait and I was like, mom, there's no way. And I like, this is going to be so bad. And she sat there and like rendered my face and it was like so beautiful. And I was just like, thank you, you know, and, I, and, like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I turned in, and I remember the teacher was like, this is incredible, and I was like, I know, but it was not. <laughs> you fessed up to it? No, I did not. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're like the Andy Warhol of LA. <laughs> no, yeah, I was very like, mm-hmm, that's what I did, you know. <laughs> yes. yes, I am good at drawing. <laughs> wow. But no, I, I was not interested in art. I I liked, I, I was talking to my friend about this. I actually thought artists were really intimidating or theater kids were intimidating. Uh, <laughs> That's such a funny group to be intimidated by. Yeah. <laughs> because like in our school, like they, I just always remember seeing the like theater kids being like clicky and always like doing the jokes and just like jumping off a bench and I was just like whoa they have it figured out you know (laughs) this is so wait did you go to like some sort of like fame school (laughs) (laughs) glee high school sounds like fucking glee (laughs) no I went to Downey High uh the carpenters went there I'm all (laughs) but um but it was no it was like a suburban like Uh, I was like in the suburbs of LA yeah so no (laughs) Cause like, I just, I think back to like, like I was like not cool in high school, but even I was like the theater kids, man, those kids are lame. Losers. <laughs> You're like, shut up with your stupid singing. Yeah. Like at least I'm not one of those kids. <laughs> 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 You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, I just thought like confidence meant like, everything and they they seem like overly confident probably annoyingly overly confident where you're like i no i can't do that i was i was quiet 
I stuck with like an average grade and, uh, <laughs> and then like I did sports. I think sports were my favorite thing. What'd you oh, play? Oh, Yeah. What'd you play? I played tennis, softball, track and field and cross country. Dang. I know. <laughs> it was really, I was just like happy doing that. And I think it was because it was like a routine. I liked the people I was dealing with and yeah, it was just like something different. Yeah. Uh, last summer, my friend Henry and I were trying to get uh, like artist tennis league kind of together what no but i would just get really mad at him because he beat me we played like 10 times last summer and i lost every single match that we played Uh, no so i wouldn't let him invite anybody else to play until i beat him so we never got to it we never got to that point But, but maybe someday when the world's a little bit more normal we can play tennis i know i loved it so much tennis was my favorite i think cross country and track and field i was not that great at but I did it anyways. Yeah. Um, well, that's cool. So uh, did you go right from uh, Long Beach to Yale? I did. Yeah. That's, I had- <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. Where's, I'm like totally obsessed with this. You know yeah. that, right? I think, um, well, I had during, I think what really helped me actually uh, was my time. I got to Long Beach and I was there for a year. And, um, you know, you get like, I also, this is how little I knew about art was like, you could get a BA or a BFA. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to get the BA because it's easier, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> but then in between that, there is a, a study abroad program. And they were like, you can do your classes like in another world or another country, not another world, but another country. <laughs> and so they had a like uh, one for to go to Italy, like Florence, and study sculpt, like figurative sculpture. And so I applied to that and I was really shocked I got in and I got to go there for a year and I ended up staying there for a year and a half just studying the figure and doing figure sculpture there at the Academy of Fine Arts. Wow. Um, that explains a lot. You like really know what you're, <laughs> like, like no, I'm, uh, when I heard that you were going to teach the figure sculpting classes up at the Y, I was like, Karen does figure sculpting? That's exactly <laughs> what I said. And I was like, why is she doing that? <laughs> I was like, because I taught that class and I was like, I didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I taught it. Yeah. And I was like, I actually couldn't, I had to give it up because I was like, I really don't, I think the students in the class are better at this than I am. <laughs> I, I subbed for it one time and I just kept being like, I like brought it hand up with a face on it and I was like thirds the, the head is in thirds and that was the only thing I could share with anybody and then I was too scared to ever go back that's so I so I I asked Cammy because I I need a sub for it like for yeah. the you know and <laughs> during this time and she was like no <laughs> I was like PTSD no way <laughs> so crazy I know. but you, I didn't realize that. So that's how you know everything. And also, I subbed for your class at another class for you at the Y. And one of the students whipped out this like drawing of a face that you had done where you like broke the face up into quadrants. And I was like, oh my God, she knows how to do that. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a skill that's come to me. And I'm shocked that it's like actually helped, you know? <laughs> because, yeah, like I, when I went there, it was all in Italian. 
And I think that was the most frustrating thing because I, I had to learn the language, but I, I, I think my Spanish skills really helped. It was like a in between, yeah. um, but they like, they taught everything in Italian. So I had to learn mostly by doing. So like, I didn't really have too many anatomy classes. Like it was more like you get a nude model every single day of the year and just sculpt and sculpt and sculpt and sculpt. And so that was really, um, that was probably the most <laughs> educational thing that I, I had to learn intuitively and just like on my own. And, and because if I didn't pass the exams, like all those credits wouldn't transfer to LA. And oh. I was like, oh, I need to learn. <laughs> wow. Were, were you interested in figure sculpting at the time? Like, you, no, it, I, it just... I was like, Italy, pizza, sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> That's really funny. You were standing next to one of your sculptures last time I saw you, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's her body!" Remember? Oh, right. I was like, "Oh my God, those are for, those are figures." I didn't even read like, you know, your work is really abstract and you know, super big colors. But I was like, "Wow, I wonder if she is that even a thing." I don't know. Maybe that's something we could talk about. However, um, let's bounce back to yeah, those classes are like not even. The, pe- the cl- schools don't even have those classes really anymore, like figure sculpting. Yeah, and it's a shame because I think it teaches you so much about like additive sculpting and deductive sculpting, you know, like in that kind of sense to build a form in itself. Like, um, and you really have to think about the weight distribution of the body. And so it's, it's kind of just like a general sculpture class to, in my brain, but then you learn like actually how to get something like a like a block of clay and scoop the eyes and figure out the weight and then actually actually think about the what's inside your face like like a lot of people when they start building the figure they everything's flat because yeah. you know <laughs> which is totally understandable but then if you really think about it everything has to be three dimensional and how do you get that and just learning that simple skill like I feel like I could see people go into their own field and they could do abstraction or whatever they want, but it teaches you a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, so when you got back to, to Long Beach, you stopped doing figurative, like you weren't really, you didn't graduate doing figurative sculpture. sculpture. No, no, I got like a, I got like a certificate from Italy, but I was like, okay, it's not going to do anything. <laughs> but, um, but I came back, and I knew that I didn't want to do the figure because I did it for a year and I just started hating it. Like I was like, God, like, cause they were so on me to be like, it has to be a perfect nose or it has to be a perfect And perfection was not what I was interested in. Um, and so, but during my time there, I got to travel like to Paris and Germany and Austria and like, just like all anywhere I could like buy one of those Ryan air tickets, like the 99 cent ones. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and that was the biggest education for me. Cause then I went to like the Tate modern, I went to the Louvre, I went to like just all these like crazy, the Bauhaus places, um, and saw contemporary art. And I think that was the part where I was, um, exposed to contemporary artists and, when I came back to Long Beach, I had this different understanding of what art could be, you know? Did you, I went, I went away on exchange when I was at Kent State and I was at Kent State for like a couple years and then I went away and then I came back and I felt like I saw the world and like, you know what I mean? Like you just have this feeling of like, 
wow, you're like totally refreshed. And then you step back into like the same place and you're like, oh man. (laughs) I know. I hate that cliche. It's like when you study abroad, like you, like everybody's like, oh, I'm so different. I changed. And I'm like, I hate to say that it's true, but it's true. (laughs) I mean, there's like part of me that I was like, I found myself and I hate saying that <laughs> but I'm just saying it to you guys but um yeah it's, it's like, like a movie you should write a movie actually oh no but yeah so it was really um cool. I think for for my art that was the best thing I could have done yeah yeah so how did you like how did you apply to Yale like why were you like I want like mostly everyone I know that gets a BFA in ceramics or a BA in ceramics is like ceramics. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the end of the story. Like, yeah. Why were you like, yeah, fuck it. Um, fuck Al- why were you like, fuck Alfred? I'm not doing that. I actually applied to Alfred and I got rejected, you guys. Mm, <laughs> me too. So, yeah, I, that was my dream school since Cerritos College. Like, since community college, I was like, I'm going to Alfred. That's the only place I want to go, you know? And when I got, like, when I was time to apply, I was like, oh, dang, I got rejected. Thank God I had a backup, you know? And that's why I went to Yale. I'm all- Thank God I had Yale sculpture <laughs> as a backup. What Did a you write Ann Courier or whoever the fuck, and you're like, oh, thanks for the rejection. I guess I'm just going to go to Yale. I know. <laughs> I wish. Karen, <laughs> when you, like, first, I feel like I had, I must have met you up at the Y first or something, but I remember when you were first going to teach a class at Brooklyn Clay, Anders was like, just like all hyped up on like, like Karen, like she's coming, she's going to teach a class. And like, she went to Yale. So like, you know, like kind of like button it up, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Get it together. (laughs) um, Yeah, which was pretty, yeah. That's really hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. But I think uh, I was like, um, so I knew you went to Yale, but I, and I knew, cause, and you studied sculpture at Yale, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but now you're like back in the ceramicsy world again and kind of, I mean, your work's not really. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it just, it sounds like so funny to like go from like, you know, pretty ceramics heavy program to like Yale and then to kind of like slowly find your way back into like, <laughs> got out of the, you, you made it out, you know, and like. <laughs> just sucked you back in. Like, yeah, like, you back in. The vortex of the, <laughs> the earth's core just pulled you in literally. It literally did. Um, I think with, uh, yeah, I loved Yale. I think I learned a lot. I think, and I do think I consider myself a sculptor. Like I'm not like, I I can't, I don't feel like I'm a ceramicist or like I can't be in that category too much. I feel like I was never accepted also in that category, you know, because I feel like that a lot of the work that I would show um, people would just be like, oh, but that's, you know, like that doesn't even have a glaze finish. And that whole conversation was really frustrating to me because I was just like, but it has like, but it's clay, you know, <laughs> like everything is clay. And I think I was getting tired of those conversations. Um, and I think I, that was a nice break to go to Yale and it was just sculpture, like sculpture, you know, and I think material was just like a free for all. And so that kind of spoke to me a little bit more. And before, like, before you go on, I'm sorry, do we need to like talk about like what you're talking about with the conversations for the podcast? Like, the conversation is, what is it? 
like why clay or is it like this what is it well i feel like i would always like run into people being so obsessed with like the preciousness of the process and like the material and because i remember getting pushback when i would like bondo pieces and spray paint them and like people would be like well you know you could get like a nice matte glaze and i'd be like yeah but like i can also just like spray paint it and it's like really fast you know yeah. <laughs> all the piece parts that cracked and yeah they kind of you, is it like people get bogged down with the history of the material mm-hmm. and like staying true to that tradition yeah yeah i think so and i think it's also like i remember getting into like um discussions and, and they were really like great discussions because people were just like well i'm I make sculptures. They just happen to be all with clay. And I was like, great, that's, that's sculpture. It's a three-dimensional <laughs> you know, form. Like that's the definition of a sculpture. Um, but they would be like, but I don't consider myself like, you know, I don't think it's conceptual art or, you know, that whole thing. And I, I would just be like, oh, dude, it could be whatever you want. <laughs> you know, like it does, <laughs> it, like, why are you fighting against these like weird, regulations of what your work should be like for your work and so i just yeah i think that was my thing and um and i think also like my work is not i don't consider my work conceptual you know i think like there is an idea and there's and it drives it you know but it's not like i think the material really does speak to my work you know yeah and so like that whole ceramic versus sculpture dialogue i was always like Ah, like it doesn't you know <laughs> it would get frustrating um really just, it's just a 20 year old conversation yeah i know <laughs> i just want to tell like one uh really stupid story about how so because i like went to school to study ceramics and i was so obsessed with ceramics and like like my professors had to like i was like the annoying kid that like my teachers at the start had to like force me to take other classes you know i was like I just want to make plots and they'd be like, you have to take a painting class. Like if you want to graduate, you have to take painting. Um, and then I like slowly like got really interested in other things. But uh, at one point I was going away for the summer and I, it was like after my second year of school and I was really getting into photography at the point and I was talking to my photo professor and I asked him, I was like, I'm not going to have a kiln at home. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, but like, I want to keep making art while I'm away. And he was like, yeah, for sure you should. And I was like, right. But like, I, I don't like, what things can I use to make art? <laughs> he couldn't even comprehend what I was trying to do. Like, he was like anything. And I was like, yeah, but like, what? Like, what do I make art with if I can't fire it? Write it down. Let me know what I can use. Yeah, yeah. Hence the breakdown that you had during quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> It's really, I think those two things might be related. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, Yeah. Well, okay, so so then you're at Yale. That's a three-year program? A two-year program. Two-year program, okay. Yeah. So did you feel like, did you feel like, because you were a ceramicist, did you feel like kind of an outsider at Yale or no? I did. I actually did. I I had a feeling. I was really happy I got um I went there and 
but I think I was really uh, overwhelmed. I felt intimidating and I kind of hate that I felt that my first year because I felt like I wasted a lot of my time thinking like, oh, okay, I need to learn everything and I need to like be able to talk the talk because everybody, people had gone to like Cooper Union or they went to Yale for their undergrad. And I'm like, oh God, I'm like, you, know, you guys are here. <laughs> you guys are lifers. But, um, but I think um, I finally got like halfway through it, unfortunately halfway through it, like really comfortable with just being like, I know what I'm doing. Like I'm learning a material, like that's what I'm here for. I got to explore. But I felt intimidated because I worked, I was already dabbling with plaster and burlap and wood and a little bit of metal back at Long Beach. And, um, and I felt like that gave me a nice step forward. Um, because when I, by the time I got there, I, it's not like I had to sit there months thinking like if I don't have play what do I do I was already preparing myself because that was one of the first things that I they told me in the interview like we don't have kilns what are you gonna do you know wait no kilns at all no finally they found one like my last year there but in an undergrad's like basement and I was like I I don't want to (laughs) go I was like I don't need that but um but yeah like no kilns at all just a wood shop uh, like a plaster shop and like a, a metal shop. And so that was until so when they asked me that in the, in the interview, they're like, we see that all your work is ceramics. Like, what are you going to do? And I, and I told them like, that's why I want to come here, you know, because I just, I need to get out of that bubble, you know? Yeah. So that, that was good. Yeah. Did, was there a mentor? Did you have a mentor there? Um, yeah. So, well, we had like the head, other department was Jim Hodges and he was really great because we would have one-on-ones with him and then we had like Aaron Sheriff who's doing like amazing work she's mostly like a sculpture photographer we had Michael Queenland who's also doing amazing things like everybody there was like already in their like they were having solo shows like yeah. while like they career were, artists a career artist yeah. yeah so that was really neat to see and I think what really helped is that we had every week like the <laughs> like artists that you would see like in art 21 you know (laughs) like you know we had just like these incredible rock star artists come into our studios and I think that was intimidating because I'm like what am I gonna tell like Huma Baba you know (laughs) like like what am I like I'm just trying to figure it out but just talking to them felt like the art world was a little bit more accessible or it, it didn't have this like mist of like oh you can't talk to me like I'm I'm already made up, like, I've made it as an artist, like, you're, you know, (laughs) so that was really nice, and, you know, sometimes they were really great conversations, sometimes you would just stare at each other and be like, this is what I'm doing, you know, Um, so that was really nice, and um, also, I think there was just, like, there was lectures every week, like, all the time, just, like, you know, I think one of my favorite ones is, um, what's that guy's name, Mark Bradford? You know, like he came in and he's like, he does those giant uh, uh, sculpture or paintings, you know, and they're like collage work and he's an LA based artist. Um, but his lecture was like blew me away. And I think I felt those were invaluable. Like they just were like so great because they would just like pump you up and they would show you their trajectory of their career. And so I felt like things like that were things that I probably would have never had access to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's such a like major school, you know, and like, I, 
Yeah, especially one that's gonna like bring in people from outside. Like I think, you know, if you go to a school that is just really big for ceramics, it, really often you end up with like the art stream comes through, which is like really cool, you know, but it's sort of like a different type of thing. And it, yeah, it sounds like for you and your work that was like a much better fit. But yeah. did you feel like you like built a network with New York through that at all too? I did. I feel like I, I did. And I, like most everybody who graduated there moved to New York, you know? Uh, I know that after like a year, people drifted off somewhere else, but honestly, like most of my classmates are here and um, yeah. that's really comforting. I'm pretty sure my brother's like whole studio building is Yale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I, I think it's helped me with like, well, they've become like my closest friends. You know, we can talk about like things they've like, we've like my studio mates are, well, two of them are like my classmates and you know, we, share a studio we built the walls and just like opportunities too like we're always keeping each other on tabs like hey like there's this you know application like hey there's this show like for some of my first group shows were because like classmates were just like you know doing shows and they were like hey do you have do you have work like okay come show it you know yeah and, and that was really nice um yeah. so you okay a couple months ago right before quarantine you were in two shows the show that i want to ask about is the one at um was it at uh the college oh um it wasn't bart fordham, University. fordham yeah 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 that's what i was i saw the word in my head that show was so beautiful the pictures were beautiful Oh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. That was actually curated by a good friend and super talented artist, Amy Kunan. Um, she's, she works also in, in New York and um, she does a lot of like, um, like shaker kind of inspired works that are made out of cardboard, cardboard. And anyway, so she, she does a lot of curations and she works at Fordham actually. And so she had proposed a show there with the background, like, in the pictures, like the background is like an architectural printout of a space. Yeah. And that's done from an artist. And so she invites other artists to place their work in this like, like facade space. Um, and she invited me to be part of that. And she had really great, like other art, like painters and photographers and, and she needed a sculptor and she's like, I love your work. Like, can I have it like in the, in the middle section? I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds great. It so, did look really good with the, architectural oh, drawings thanks yeah she yeah. did a really amazing job um your work oh gus do you want to ask her about the other one? Oh yeah well the the other one cammy and i that was like one of the last openings that i went to even though it was maybe not it was the last opening i went to with cammy was yeah. the fur cup at underdog yeah yeah which was such a uh like nice brooklyn like it was, it was like one of those openings where like I, I actually didn't really get to see the work because I could like hardly get in there like, like two hours to even like get up the stairs there. That's uh, true. We were like ready to go. And then you, you were still downstairs like you hadn't even. Yeah. Adam came, Adam came back outside and was like ready to leave. And I was still just trying to get in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that was such a good show. And that one also seemed to just like there was a period where like it was like somebody seemed to be writing something new about that show 
like every week for a while. It was, uh, yeah. yeah, it that seemed was, it was great. It was curated by um, Elisa Sullivan. Um, she's part of Underdog. Um, but she did a really great job. She had been like scouting people for like, I want to say over six months, like and having conversations and going to, we had like two studio visits. I went to her studio. She went to my studio. Um, and it was just, I think that's why it came out so beautiful because she really like took like her time to pick the works. Um, even though she picked my work and she hadn't, like I hadn't made it yet. <laughs> so I was just like, I promise it'll be good. <laughs> I love those pieces that you put in that show. Oh, thanks. Yeah, they were gorgeous. They were perfect. Like, there was one that had, like, a spot of red that I was like, oh, Karen. (laughs) And do you remember, Gus? Did you see those pieces? I don't remember. I got to look them up. Yeah, they're so gorgeous. I think they're green and light blue and yellow, and there's, like, a spot of red, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's always so colorful. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, that was really good. And they got a lot of great press and a lot of feedback and a lot of attention that I was just like, oh, great. Also, I think a lot of the people that put their work in there, like even though they were like small, every pieces were small. Um, I feel like everybody, like when I saw their actual work, you know, I was like, oh, whoa, like you guys just do all these like amazing things. And they were even outside of New York. Some were like in LA people. Oh, wow. So that was uh, really- Yeah. Do you, would you ever like are you like a new york artist now forever <laughs> um i know i i can't say i i am because i feel like i love la and i i do show a lot in la too or yeah. in well, general ask about because you had a solo show last year right at tiger strikes asteroid I, it was a two-person show yeah yeah um yeah that along with your yale credentials was like another moment of like oh damn like <laughs> now, that one was a that was in january of last last year i think oh my god um because i had yeah I, I was in this january i just put one piece in there but last year it was a two-person show um yeah. that was really that was really neat that was a great opportunity one of the curators there invited me armando ramos and um yeah, it was also like with an LA-based artist, so it was nice because it was an LA and New York like com- combination. And um, but I try to keep like conversations alive in LA because I think it's so important. And I have so many friends out there doing amazing things that I I just feel like I it's a network that I never want to give up or or stop showing out there. You know? Yeah. But I don't know how long, I, I hope I can stay in New York for as long as I can, because it's a, it's a pretty ex- crazy expensive city. But, um, <laughs> but I do feel like it is my home. And I, I feel like I have a good dialogue with people here. Like I'm becoming more familiar with people that, that I feel comfortable to like have conversations about my work and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. You too, but you also do a lot of like curating and like you put on sales and you put on, you know, like the clubs and the the clubs. You have a ceramics book club. I mean, there's, you know, you're like, you get a lot of things started too. Like you kind of go out there and do it. Yeah, I try. I think I, I get really excited because I know so many artists 
that I get excited to show their work too. Like I, I find that so gratifying. Like I'm like, yes, like I want to show your work because I believe in your work too. And like, um, and I think that's like, I don't like to wait around for anybody. If I don't have a show coming up, like I want to make a show happen and maybe not just for me, but just for like make an event happen. You know, like I think that's really important because I know like, I think it gets really, it gets a little exhausting to just wait around and hope that somebody will pick me for a show that I'm like, why do I have to wait? You know, like if, why not look for spaces that like we, we did those two shows at Pratt. Um, Cause Jason was like, Oh, they're, you know, they're asking for, um, you know, proposals. And I was like, what? I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And I don't, I mean, I don't work at Pratt, but he was like, yeah, we can cope co-curate something and, and that was really great because I was just like yeah that's so good like we have a space like we and so I like worked up really hard to like do studio visits and we would talk about it with Jason and he was really excited about it and so so we made those two shows happen and they were really great like we got good feedback like I think even some people sold work from there you know wow. um, and so I was just like excited that gave me like a taste to be like I want to keep this momentum I want to keep showing people that I know their work is great and maybe they haven't had a show, you know, because of, I don't know, work or something that, um, that's something I never want to stop. Actually. I, I always look for proposals or open calls for stuff like that. Um, because I think it's, I think it's, why not, you know? Yeah. That was when we talked with Adams per year, that was something that he brought up too, where he was like, well, I had one year that was like really slow. <laughs> and I was like, I might as well just like do something. So I just applied to like every single thing that I saw. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. And even though I do those like sales up in my studio and we were really nervous about it because we're like, who's going to come to our studio to buy anything, you know, but we did them and they were really successful. Like, and it was not only just about selling, but people that went there, they were like, Oh, I saw your work or, you know, like let's do a studio visit or, you know, that, that opens up just like a nice little conversation of like, it doesn't have to just be like, Oh, I'm here for shopping. Like, Oh, I, I know you work or, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. That's how I met Matthew Merkel Hess. That, oh. I was going to say I bought like a sweet Matt Merkel Hess. Yeah. Trash can there. You bought it. And I was like, Oh yeah. And then I was like, went and went and looked at his work and I was like, Oh, his work's so cool. Yeah. Matt's great. Yeah. He was really, he was doing those pizzas that like sold. Like yeah. crazy. <laughs> so random. I know. I was Love like, genius. That's a slab with colorful pizza parts. You know? Oh, right. <laughs> totally. He was printing money. This is genius. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's yeah. Funny. That's true. So, mm -hmm. But yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen? Like with, like, what are you going to try to get to in your future with this baby on the way? Oh, that's always. That's what keeps me up at night, Cammy. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad I asked. I didn't. I just want. I just was like, "We're trying to." What are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm like, oh, gosh, so hot in here. Um, <laughs> the biggest I, question. The you don't have to answer. That's the worst no. question. I'm gonna cut it. <laughs> I think that. I mean, that was the first thing I thought when I found out I was pregnant. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I'm pregnant." Oh how am I going to make work? Like, I think that was the first thing I thought. And then the second thing is like, how am I going to afford this? You know, 
<laughs> but, oh, gosh. All, all these questions. But, um, but like I said, I think, I think I'm really lucky that I, my husband's an artist as well. And I think he knows the importance. Like he's always known that I'm like, art is first. He comes second. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> but like, I think for both of us, like we are, we're really good about like having our studio time coming home and having our time, you know, but, um, and if like sometimes our week, our weekends would just be like all studio and then we'd just be like, all right, let's meet up for dinner. And that's like our date, you know, because we, we knew the value of it and why we're here in the first place, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think when I was like, I was freaking out. I was like, how am I going to afford my studio? How am I going to do this? And he's like the most calmest, <laughs> calm person I know. And I feel like I'm always like, and he's just like slow and steady. You know? <laughs> That's true. He is really like the voice yeah. of reason. He is. It's very annoying because I'm like, no, but you don't understand, you know. <laughs> and uh, but he was just like, we're gonna figure it out. Like we figured it out. Like then, you know, we're gonna figure it now. And I think he's also just like, he's always been very an advocate of nothing letting you stop from making work. Like he's just like, you can make drawings. He's just like, that's art, you know. And I was like. That's true. You know? <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I was like, hmm. he was just like, don't like just it. He's always said that like um, putting in the time is like the most important thing. Like, and like not letting, even if we, I have to lose my studio, like that doesn't mean I have to stop being creative, you know? And I was just like, God damn it. That's true. So I think like, <laughs> and, and I think I, I trust that, even if he has to go to work and maybe I have to take care of the baby, like that we'll split our time to be like, I need an hour or two, like just to draw, you know, or just to not think of like baby stuff, you know? Yeah. So, so I think I, I have like, also I know myself really well, that I feel like I would become really depressed if I, I stopped making work. And I feel like for my own mental health, I probably have to, find a way you know get as creative as possible to like to make it happen yeah let us know what happens so we can look vicariously like, through you that question in six months yeah, yeah i'm gonna check we're gonna uh, check back in and see how if the baby if you've taught the baby color theory and <laughs> it's probably first thing is gonna touch clay yeah oh, i think so I think just to at least imprint her foot. Come on. Oh. Make like so a cute. super, super ceramics baby. <laughs> yeah. Have fire in wood kilns by age five. I know. She'll be my tech assistant. It's yeah. like, you know, my family, they just strapped us on them like all the time. <laughs> so like, why can't I do that? Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> what. <laughs> It's so weird. Yeah. Like that's how we used, like, that's how we, that's how I think about it. Like we just went everywhere. Yeah. So, but that'll be interesting. Yeah. Being like that whole new world of, and I also think, I think this is another thing Jason always tells me. He's just like, I feel like there are certain artists that made better work after they had children. You know, I was actually going to say that. I was going to mention that. And I, there was like a thing about, I just saw Sally Mann was mentioned somewhere on like the internet that came across yesterday or the day before. And I was like, 
Sally Mann and her like her controversy with her kids, right? Yeah, she like really made it work, you know. Yeah, I think also like Elizabeth Murray. I love her work, and she was a mom, you know, and like she made badass work. And I was just like, cool. Like, I don't know. We we have this discussion with like um, a couple of friends who had just had like I just know two people that are artists and are like currently one is currently pregnant and one had a kid. And she was just like, I'm not going to stop making, you know, like I just, I'm on a pause, but that's, that's just like life, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's true. Like, I'm just going to be doing that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Do you have any was, more Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I mean, I'm so, I'm so actually, it's so nice to see you and get a chance to talk to you. Thanks so much for being on the Ceramics podcast. It was so fun. Thank yeah. you for inviting me. It was really good to see you. I yes. hope I can see you in person at some point. What did you think? Um, do you like Karen more? Yes. How much, like, I don't know how much more I can like her. Yeah, I know. It's going to well, get weird. That's good. We can just like fanboy out over her and her husband. That's really- <laughs> yes, right. And probably their baby too. They're gonna have a cool baby. Good oh, artist baby. Yeah. Of course. It's so intense that she spent a year sculpting the body. That's intense as fuck. Yeah. Like I don't know that I would do that. Yeah. It sounds like she did it because she just wanted to go abroad. <laughs> which I I like even more that she was like I want to go study abroad so badly I'm going to sculpt a figure for a year so crazy yeah (laughs) Um, but everybody should follow her on Instagram because when the world is normal again her studio will occasionally do sales which is in the same building as Cami and maybe Cami will also do a sale and you can meet these cool people in person yeah right um, everyone, if you want to please leave feedback on the Ceramics podcast page, I don't know if they should. I mean, I don't know. Follow the Ceramics podcast on Instagram. Oh, come on, Gus. Really? It's over. Just kind of like, like, huh, cone 10. It was hardly cone 7. <laughs> It'll uh, never get there. Uh, that looks more like an intermediate element than a top or bottom to me. Um, boy, that looks, is that, that kid doesn't know the difference between a type K and a type S. You know what I mean? Those thermocouples, huh? <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Type. <laughs>